Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Manhardy. Together, we're your favorite movie and beer podcast. Love it. Every single week, we cover new movies, new beer, new mutants. And this is episode 192 of this sort of show. Johnny, where can people find us on the internet? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, untapped, at Fresh Hop Cinema, letterboxed, at Max Manhardy, and at Johnny Summers. Uh, email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Uh, freshhopcinema.com is our website. Patreon.com slash freshhopcinema is a way you can help support the show. Uh, and also rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Right you are, my friend. Again, uh, we had one. Now this is just a shout-out for Bree. She hit me up and was like, what's your guys' email? I couldn't understand it. So if anybody's listening wants the email, I'm going to say it one more time for you. FHCcast, like podcast without the pod, at gmail.com. Okay. I've done my due diligence. The universe is back in alignment. And it's time for a beer, I think. So, Johnny, what are we drinking first? Yeah, so this first beer we are drinking is called PB&J. You might be able to guess what's in this. This is a <laughs> peanut butter and jelly beer. Uh, it's brewed by Caldera Brewing. It's actually a collab with Wild Ride Brewing out of Redmond, Oregon. Uh, Caldera is in Ashland. The two are not very far apart. No. This is a 5.5% brown ale, and we are going to read what the website says, and then we are going to spontaneously off the cuff write a review with our minds out of our mouths. It's going to be magic. Uh, from the website, uh, we collaboration- know I should say it's not quite from the website. Not that I couldn't have fact checked this afterwards, but it's actually from an article that I found um, when this beer was released months ago. It was sort of um, a mixture of comments from the brewers from both breweries and sort of just general tasting notes uh, from the uh, the guy that wrote the article. I okay, felt like I wanted to perfect. Clear that up. What does it say? All right, so you you absorb some of this beer into that beautiful mouth of yours while I read this, and then let's see what happens. This is a brown ale, so I'm, I'm super skeptical already. I didn't realize it was a brown ale. So, All right, collaboration with Wild Ride Brewing out of Redmond, Oregon. PB&J was brewed at Caldera with Wild Ride providing the peanut-flavored extract. Yes, if you have a peanut allergy, you're safe. The aroma conveys nutty peanuts, a light touch of berries, and bready crust, while the flavor is a bit more subtle. Ultimately, it's a nicely drinkable beer, which delivers on the PB&J promise without becoming cloying or overbearing. And quite frankly, we're going to be the judges of that. So, yeah. Max, have you consumed this beer? Yeah. So 5.5% brown ale, right in that sweet spot, ABV-wise. But I'm, I'm right there with you. When I was looking this up, and I was like, oh, a brown ale. That's an interesting move. Like, you know, I, th- I think you and I probably had some of the same concerns. Um, but on the taste immediately, like, it is, it's really light, and it's... Um, fairly drinkable, I guess, in body, but there's like there's a weird balancing act for sure with the peanut butter and jelly kind of vibe, and I don't know if it's totally working. Um, the 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 jelly, the kind of the marionberry flavor is definitely there, and it's subtle and it's not um, piercing or anything like that. But I don't know that there's enough of the peanut butter vibe to kind of back it up. What are you thinking? I mean, it's really heavy on the nose with peanut butter. You yes. get a really a really nutty nose, and you know I love a nutty nose. Who doesn't? Uh, yeah, and this beer is really similar in smell to a beer that I'm actually very familiar with from Wild Ride called Nut Crusher. Sure. It is a peanut butter porter, and I have I drink it every time I'm in Oregon because it's really good. It's subtle. 
Uh, it's got enough peanut, enough sweetness. It's it's a very nice peanut butter porter. It's not thick. It's very thin like a porter. But that's what you're getting when you're buying a porter. So I actually like this that beer from Wild Ride. So I was really interested when I read the notes and said that, you know, you got the peanut extract. So I'm thinking, okay, it's going to have a good peanut butter flavor, which it does. I think where you lose me is trying to balance the creamy, rich flavors of peanut butter with jelly yeah. in a drink. I'm not sure about this beer at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's making my mouth confused. Yeah, mine too. I mean, it's 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 good. Like, I'm with you though. There's not that like, that's sort of like full creaminess that you'd get from a peanut butter, definitely like a peanut butter stout, but that's just a, maybe a body thing, but even flavor wise, like it's pretty thin and it's not offensive, but it's also not, um, grabbing my mouth's attention all that much. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, how hard it is to get that mouth's attention, you know, drink a lot of beers in the show, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, you gotta, yeah. you gotta stand out. I mean, it's, it's kind of checking a few boxes as far as things that I don't like. Um, it's thin, which brown sure. ale, fine. Yeah. Not going to hold that against mm-hmm. you too mm-hmm. much, but it's, it's kind of peanut buttery, but also kind of tangy. It's like tart peanut butter, which makes me think of like peanut butter. That's gone like weird. Okay. Like, and it's just not working for me. I think, um, I think it's just, it's, I don't know, man. It's such a weird thing to recreate. Like peanut butter and jelly is like, I mean, is there ever been anything that's peanut butter and jelly flavored that's been good? Um, that wasn't peanut butter and jelly. I tried that with candy for a minute. I feel like I distinctly remember having a piece of candy that was like, um, like a sour, hard kind of jelly candy outside. And then like when you sucked your way through it, it was like a peanut butter surprise on the inside. Oh, <laughs> I, I shouldn't describe candies ever. That's not going to be a future in my market. Like I'm not going to. That's not, I'm not, it's not my strength. I'm aware of that as I speak, if you, but if you keep sucking, <laughs> just get a peanut butter a nutty surprise in the middle. Um, no, shy of that though. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of much that's like, you know, outside of like really, really weird stuff that I bet you was on the internet. Like we dry aged a steak with peanut butter and jelly. Here's the yeah. results. I've seen a lot of those on the internet lately, not peanut butter and jelly, but like, you know, dry aged steaks. Yeah. And I don't even care. I'm not interested in that. I'm not sure why it's popping up. Yeah. That's a thing. I don't know, man. Maybe uh, you talked about steak too close to your phone one I time. I know, probably. Um, your phone's like, you want steak? So I give you steak. I like the tangy part of this. The part that I don't like is the peanut butter. Like I, I even kind of like the bread vibe going because there is some of that. Like they're saying, like a bready sort of crust, which I would attribute to whatever their malt bill is. And I like the interplay of that sort of heft is maybe too strong a word, but you know, a bit of a bit of girth on that, and then like a little tangy sweetness at the end. I just I'm, I want what the nose is promising me on the taste and peanut butter wise. And I'm not getting that. No, it doesn't follow through. It's not, this beer is like 100% novelty. So, uh, I'm not even like taking it that seriously anymore. Cause yeah, it was a gimmick beer. Yeah. That's and... always rough. Cause like some can be like, well, this is like that stupid one from, uh, from, I think it was evil twin. You always remind me what it's called. The pizza and the beer. Oh, one. big ass cash money. Yeah. Stout. Whatever. And like, that's, that's about as gimmicky as you can get. But I, and mm-hmm. granted it's like 17%, but I liked that beer. Brewed with pizza and money. Right. Like the gimmick worked. Like it didn't, you know, it wasn't just the gimmick. It was a decent beer. But here it's like, yeah, yeah, I can't get past the peanut butter and jelly thing. Yeah. I feel like you have to be one or the other. Like there's so, I mean, that's the deal with peanut butter and jelly, right? You like it because it's that savory, creamy peanut butter and like the sweet, jammy, 
jelly. I feel like this beer actually would have been better off being more sweet. Like it prides itself on being not cloying, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's actually under sweet. You get like smell of peanut butter, but no taste and like way too tart, like a tart preserve, not like a jelly. Do you remember when I think it was Smuckers put out those tubes that had both peanut butter and jelly? Yeah, goobers. Goobers, yeah. They still have that in jars. They do. I thought that stopped when I was no longer a child. Nah, bro. Huh. Um, I also think like part of the reason peanut butter and jelly sandwiches work is the textural differences between peanut butter and jelly. And you get to experience yeah. that in food, but you don't in a drink, and it's all together, and you're just left with the flavors. And I think that even if this was up to snuff with the flavor stuff, like if peanut butter was there and jelly was there perfectly in, in the best harmony possible, it still wouldn't be satisfying. Cause I think you do need that sort of textural differences to make a convincing peanut butter and jelly experience in my book, at least. I, I'm going to agree. I think this beer is a bit of a, a bummer. I think it's a novelty that kind of just misses the mark, but it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to try. Um, but it's definitely as far as beer that tastes good it's it's yeah. not on the realm of that for me. So, yeah, I don't think I would be drinking this again. It was fun for the show. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and it's fun to try things because if this would have been, like, absolutely amazing, I would have been so stoked that we picked it up because, yes. like, who would have thought in a yeah, billion yeah. years, like, yeah. this is possible. So, but, yeah, overall, I think it's it's a bit of a letdown. I'm not, like, mad about it. No. That's the thing, though. It's like last week we had that beer and I was I – was, I was in a bad mood after last week's episode. The, I gotta put was that it out the Goza there. or the uh, the IPA? No, the Goza was great. The IPA and then talking about Tenet, like the <laughs> re- like. I think I even mentioned to you after we recorded. I'm like, man, that episode was kind of a bummer. Yeah, huh? you did say that. Like, fuck, man. Like, I'm I'm not in a great mood now. Like, yeah. I want to go watch something or like eat a pizza. Like, totally. do something that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but luckily, this like. Maybe that's like a new rating system for me. It's like, how sad am I after drinking it? Oh, we should like, we should bring back what uh, what our friend of the show, Nick Land, was saying. Because it might oh, apply the to four you for meter. Yeah. Uh, just to the, catch the you Nick up. Land four locometer. If you didn't hear about it when Nick first wrote in about this idea, he was saying that if a beer is bad enough, instead of going off the traditional one to ten scale, we should just say, uh, like, this beer is bad enough that I would rather drink a four loco. And that's not what this yeah. one is for me, but I'm wondering if it is for you. Uh, do I get to pick what kind of four loco? Uh, yeah, sure. hundred percent. I'd rather drink a four loco. Really? Yeah. This beer is like a two, two, two for me. So that's what a four loco is. Like what's a four loco? A three? Uh, anything under a three and a half or four, I'd say I'd probably rather drink a four loco. Really? Yeah. I get, yeah. When I think of four like loco, four- it's like a, obviously a whole day sort of thing. Cause it's a huge can. Yeah, if you're weak. A small can, I would, like, you know, ounce for ounce. I could see this being a good scale. Yeah, okay. So that's a good caveat for the Nick Land for locometer. So I'm uh, going to write on on your on our notes here. I'm going to write, what do you think, two and a half slash yeah, four loco? 2.2 2. 2 slash four loco. Okay, great. That'll, that'll be good for note keeping, kind of. <clears throat> yep. Okay, well, for me, it's a four. Like, I'm going to probably finish okay. what I have. It's not offensive. It's just not got no wow factor for me so I'm, I'm not mad about it but where did you get it and how much was it uh i got it at sns producicles and it was two dollars did you say two dollars this was two dollars oh that's you know that's very low risk oh yeah yeah okay. exactly that's why i grabbed it i'm like this is fun i've been to caldera unfortunately like they're they make like two good beers they make so many beers though 
Yeah, that's not what I said like, though. No, I know. They've also been in the game. Like I'm I'm to your point, like they make so many beers. Like it's like when you go to a restaurant and they're like they have like pancakes and wontons and filet mignon and spaghetti. It's like you can't be doing all this well. Looking at you, Denny's. <clears throat> yeah, or like any, like, you know, uh, what's the uh it's always by like malls or airports, like the elephant bar or something like that. Or like oh, chili factory? Or any of those. Yeah, like Cheesecake Factory. The menu's like yes, a novel. Like Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Just it's like, what you are you know. doing? And like, like you got the big franchise money to back it up. And like, you can probably take some losses on, you know, an undercooked chicken breast coming out every once in a while. But if you're a microbrewery, granted, these guys have been in the game for a really long time. Like, I don't see the point of doing so many beers. Yeah. Like, focus on a couple and do them really well. I mean, like, if you've never been to Caldera, by the way, like, we're not. We're not like they have 12 beers and it's so many. They have like 45 or 50 beers, I think. I could be wrong, but I'm close. Like, I think it's like it's like 20 or 30. No, I'm pretty sure it's over 40. I was just there um I don't know, within the last year and I'm pretty sure it they were like bragging like I asked and they were like we 40 something. Really? Yeah, and it's just like that's cool. Um I don't know. I guess maybe there's some like come back and try the rest another time, but I don't know, man. You, it seems like a strange approach to me. And, and to you, like what you're saying, like I've had a few beers, like I love their Mowgli Porter delicious. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple IPAs from them that are really good, but most of the time it, it, I sort of find myself in this camp where it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's fine. Kind of sticky and it's not sticking out to me. So yeah. fine. All right. So I pulled up their website. Oh. Can we just count the beers real quick? Do you, I can found we do it this already. It's, it says it right. right. It, there's a, sorry. We're looking at their website too. We looked it up at the same time. How many but is it? 45. There's a slideshow and um, one of them is their tap wall and it says 45 taps on site or something like that. So That's insane. it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of beers. You can't, you can't do them all well. I don't think. They have a beer called Vast Difference. Decent. Actually, it's a, it's a, it's a barley wine, isn't it? It's a Belgian style strong ale. Yeah, okay. I get those mixed up. Um, it's fine. Huh. <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah. So, anyways, that is PB and J from Caldera and Wild Ride. Yeah. I'm uh in the four local camp on this. Max likes it a little bit more. Uh, if you've tried this beer, this two dollar roll of the dice, uh, I would say email us <laughs> FHCcast <laughs> nice. at gmail.com and let us know. If you like this more or less than your favorite flavor of four local or malt liquor, uh, let's put it to bed. Let's move on with our lives. Deal. We're going to play a trailer for a movie that came out this year. It's available for video on demand. It's called Save Yourselves, and we're going to talk about it because we both watched it this week, so I'm excited to get into it. I really enjoyed it, uh, and it was your suggestion, Johnny, so before the trailer, thank you for suggesting it. I can't wait to talk about it, and I'm going to play the trailer. Okay. One, two, three. Hello, this is Jack. And Sue. We are going offline for one whole week. I would love to do something tangible. I want to figure out who I am. But we will be back June 9th. No laptops, no phones, no connecting to anything. Thank you. I've been restoring my grandfather's cabin upstate. Actually, y'all should go up there. Uh, I mean... That would be great. Yeah. We're not checking our email either, guys, and we're not kidding. Okay. Bye, world. Okay, bye, guys. Thank you. So nice. Nice. You're a genius. Now we'll close our eyes and just feel each other. Okay. Feel with your brain. Right. We don't have any skills. 
urge to take out my phone is very strong. I've been wanting to YouTube how to make a trap to catch a rabbit so bad. Shooting star. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Oh, did that one hit the earth? <laughs> what is that? Has this been here the whole time? The poof? I don't know. Probably. Oh my god. What the f What is happening? We need to turn our phones back on. Listen, it's getting weird here in New York. Serena, hello, are you there? Well, there's some kind of alien. Very dangerous. Aliens? The poof is in the cabin. Poof on the cabin. Poof on the roof. What? Poof on the roof. What did Sean Connery say to the hostage who had a beard? I came here to shave you. Are we gonna have to shave ourselves? You're actually gonna go to the wood pile and get the axe. I'm gonna go into the cabin, get the grab bags by the door, and then we'll wait back in the car and we'll reverse. Okay, reverse, go to the wood pile, go back to the door, get the gold bags, get outside, and we'll take the other. Are you listening or are you repeating? Can't you go to the axe? Just, just one more time. Again, that was a trailer for Save Yourselves, the 2020 film written and directed by real-life couple and feature-length directorial debut directors Alex Huston Fisher and Eleanor Wilson. This film clocks in at a very tasty and digestible 93 minutes. It originally premiered at Sundance back in January, and then it is the year of COVID, and it was meant to be released in theaters, but alas, theaters were closed for a long time. Instead, it was released to video on demand on October 2nd. Johnny, read me the, uh, I think this was Letterboxd synopsis of this movie. A young Brooklyn couple heads to an upstate cabin to unplug from their phones and reconnect with each other. Blissfully unaware of their surroundings, they're left to their own devices as the planet falls under attack. Right. This young, very, very sort of hipstery Brooklyn couple is played by Sunita Mani and John Reynolds. And they're just, you know, they're, they're what do you think, mid-30s? Yeah, like mid to early 30s, something like that, yeah. Mid 30s, uh, self-proclaimed sort of skillless uh, millennials that are trying to make the world better but don't really know how. And they get inspired by all these ideas and they finally run into this one dude who is an old friend of theirs who like moved to some island and is now making surfboards out of like aggressive algae. algae. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> you know what? That sounds great. And uh, the movie sort of, the plot sets in motion. They're, they're sort of pre-coital having this very romantic moment. And then both of their cell phones light up and uh, they both just are like, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's get out of town. Let's unplug. Um, and we're going to go up to this buddy's cabin and we're going to keep our phones off for a week and try to reconnect with each other and, and our lives. And then things, things go from there. Um, I don't think we need to spell out too much, although it does seem helpful to maybe say what happens kind of briefly with the world. And I don't yeah, think that's we'll going to too that. much. No. Yeah. The, the world has fallen under attack to let's say aliens. Yeah. We'll say aliens. But um, like I said before the trailer, uh, this was your suggestion. I think you, you just kind of watched it on a whim and you're like, Hey, you should watch this. You said two things. You said, uh, I think you should watch this movie. You'd really enjoy it. And I think you were kind enough not to directly compare me to the main character, but you were like, this guy could have been written by you. Mm-hmm. which is fine. So did, did you like it then? <laughs> I loved it. Are you kidding me? This movie, I like fell in love with this movie as okay. I was watching it. <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, okay. So how did you, how did you even stumble upon this? 
Um, I was just looking through like a internet list of like movies that had come out this month. Okay. And I liked the look of the poster. Um, and it was just both of them like standing in front of a space backdrop. Yeah. And uh, one's holding like a butcher knife and a broomstick, and the other one's holding like a plunger. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just read the description on it, and I was like, you know what? It's a tight 90. I've got time. I'm just relaxing. I was a little hungover. I was like, I'm just going to put this on, and I just want to giggle, you know? I'm just yeah. going to have a nice silly goose time, and it ended up being, like, a really charming movie. Like, I, it really, this movie charmed my pants off. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too, man. There's there's just something so endearing about, and maybe it's just um, me projecting, but to see other people on screen kind of close to my age that are just like, we don't know what we're doing, and then sort of describing the same things that I complain about sometimes of, like, being in front of screens for too long and like not knowing how to have a conversation without sort of relying on technology. That's all very vindicating to me to just to see other people struggling with it. Um, yeah. And then you throw in the, 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 the bit of, of aliens invading and then how that becomes clear to our characters. Cause again, they're not plugged into technology and, and the decisions they choose to make um, once they realize what's happening are, are very funny. And there's some interesting tonal things that happen in this movie. There's a baby involved Um it's all, it all worked really well. Like I watched it the same morning you sent me that text. I watched it like an hour later and it was a great oh, use of 90 minutes. I was like, this is, this is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> At one point there's, there's a great shot. Um, well, actually the shot happens a few times, but can we, can we talk about the aliens a little bit? Yeah. So we just like spoilers going forward now. Yeah. Let's say, yeah. Let's say if you, if you want to go in blind to this movie, um, and you really don't want to hear anything else, check the timeline in the episode description. You can skip forward to the point, but we are going to spoil, save yourselves from here on out. So the aliens are a thing that I didn't know actually had a name. And I thought they were just using poof as yeah. a filler word. But it turns out, if you don't know, a poof, P-O-U-F-F-E, is like a like a footstool, like a mini ottoman yeah. in one's home. Yeah, I love that they called them poofs. <laughs> I did too. Uh, did you know that's what that was? No, but I kind of no. like okay. ascertained that from the way she used it. And I'm like, right. She's like, oh, you know, like a poof you just have around your house. You put your feet on it. And I was like, right. okay, apparently that's a thing. So that's what these aliens look like. They're just these little sort of furry uh, poof-like creatures. And yeah, they look like little fur balls. The shot that I was talking about is this one where they come back in from like a nice boat row on a lake or something and soaking wet. And they walk into the living room and there's one on the ground. And the characters and me were like, was that there? Granted, I'm expecting some twist. I'm like, that probably wasn't there. But the main character's like, what is this? And it's obviously not threatening. And they slowly just get closer to it. And then uh, as they're about to touch it, a long, sticky tongue shoots out of it, grabs onto a wall, and it slingshots itself out of the building. And it was the most, like, lovely, delicious little... Who would think of that for an alien to move like that? Right? I loved it. It was it was fantastic, and their reaction to it was hilarious. Because like, the, but like, they, they react the way that I would react, probably. Exactly. Like, this wasn't a movie that was outlandish in any way. This <laughs> was like, yeah, exactly. It's like if you were trapped in an alien attack, and it made me so happy. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm cannot tell you how much the main character reminded me of you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was like, but not in a bad way. No, like, it's he was fine. totally endearing and yeah. sensitive and sweet. And I'm like, it was like the most 
max role I've ever seen, but also I loved it because I love you. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is great. I'll just get to see Max in a movie. So you're a movie star in my eyes now. I'll take it, man. The the trick for the alien thing for me is that because there are moments where like there's the scene where um their friend who the surfboard dude came, I think that was him. And like he's clearly been murdered and he's we get like this really traditional horror movie shot where right behind our main characters, we we focus in on what's outside and it's him standing there and he falls over dead and there's just a poof behind him. Yeah. And the camera does like a quick zoom and they do that a lot. But it's like how what is the threat of these things? We get all these voicemails like they're taking over New York and the planet's falling. And I'm still like, well, it's got a tongue. Like what's so threatening about this? And I will say that the moment we find out that their tongues can like shoot through human skulls caught me off guard and explode them yeah that yeah. was rough like, whoa okay cool like, that just got aggressive yeah. quickly and there yeah. was I, I appreciated the scene where they they stumble up like as they're leaving the cabin they find um that abandoned car or they think and then it turns out there's actually a woman back there and she hijacks their car like i like the survival sort of end of the world seg uh, sequence that happened that feels yeah that was like very like walking dead or, or any apocalyptic movie that was like that makes yeah. sense it was well done too. It didn't get like cheesy at any point. No. If that's possible for a movie about poofs that can kill you. Yeah. I think you got to, you know, accept the reality with which you're given, but yeah. hold it to standards, I suppose. Yeah. The whole movie was very poof tongue in cheek, if I will. All right. I'll allow say. it. Um, so. Let's talk about those babies. I guess you're confused that I'm saying those babies, which would make sense. It was one baby. They found it in the car. Um, but I found out this lovely fact, which is that. There was a real baby for one that they used in the shooting. It wasn't like a CG baby. And that's a thing mm-hmm. that people do. Um, but it was actually triplets. Mm. And I can't remember. I was reading an interview with the directors about how they cast that baby. And they found this, um, you know, parent or parents that are willing to, you know, here's my kids for your movie, uh, which is fine. But one is like really good at frowning and one likes to smile and one likes to yeah. wave. So they used them in all these different shots for when, when the mood was needed. Which I was that thought was awesome. a nice little tidbit of information. I've I know that they always used to use like twins because or like you know or triplets if they could get them just because of moods you know moods sure. exactly like kids are kind of unpredictable kids and animals that's what sure. they say yeah in this business am I right? <laughs> um, so then I think it's it's also worth noting I was reading that same interview with the directors and they were the, the particular like drug trippy scene in the woods uh, after they found the kid mm-hmm. and then the kid escapes and they find him again. They were specifically the directors were like saying this is this is this is our way of just kind of express like all of our friends are having kids and often they're not planned and they'll just like get drunk or do a bunch of drugs and then they'll get pregnant and all of a sudden you have a kid and you got to take care of it and like I guess we take care of this now and mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a lot of um yeah like sort of early middle aged metaphors in here for like what life is actually like um or could be like for a lot of people so I think in that same vein, you want to maybe unpack the ending of this thing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they kind of just drift off into space in weird little crystals. Yeah. Like, that was cool. So they meet another poof in the woods. And this one yeah. is not like, I feel like the one in their cabin was just like, oh, let's see what these humans are about. Like, I'm just going to watch. Uh Oh, I'm discovered. I'm out. And this one mm-hmm. in the woods is like, I'm going to, I'm killing some people. Mm-hmm. I love that battle sequence, by the way, when they fight him. Yeah, That's great. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, but basically the way the movie ends is that um, they, they kill this poof and then they find this crystalline sort of structure and then their phones come back online. They finally get service and then they're looking at this thing and looking at their phone and, and without them knowing, they get sort of wrapped up in this bubble thing that you're describing and they float off into space with um, tons of other people that are, you know, lifted from the earth. What did you make of it? 
Positive or negative? Was it a happy ending, a sad ending, ambiguous? Uh, I'd say probably happy slash ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between ambiguous and happy. Because I don't think the poops are going to like eat them. Um, no. They, they seem to only go after like ethanol-based things. <laughs> like alcohol, which was hilarious. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's somewhere probably between neutral and, and positive. Probably like a, you know, we're repopulating another planet somewhere else or something like that. That's so interesting because it, it was very much a, a sad ending for me. Not sad, but like tragic ending. I think, mm. which is just like, and I didn't connect it right away, but like, if you think of a big group of people and everybody's on their phone, like they're in their own bubble. I don't think that's a coincidence that that's what they end up in at the end. Like they're mm-hmm. finally like, you know, like they've defeated this poof and they're managing to take care of this kid and they're surviving and there's hope. And then they get sucked back into their phones. And while they're distracted, they get put in a literal bubble and float off into space aimlessly. Like, I don't yeah, think the poofs pretty- are going to kill them either, but I think. It's like you had your chance to change your ways and you didn't. And so just go float in space until you die. Probably. That's how I took dark. (laughs) I just, I just think it has more to say about like, you know, the state of affairs with humans this day and age. I mean, that's an interesting, I didn't really catch that specifically that, Oh yeah, they got distracted on their phones and then they're in the bubble. That's, that's pretty crazy. The bubble thing just seems it's like, once I thought of like bubbles, like what has to be that. Yeah. Um, That makes all the sense. But it was, man, this is, I mean, it was a very enjoyable movie, like dark ending aside, or even included, like, is, this is a very decent watch and I, I'd encourage everybody to go check it out. Uh, you got I'm any glad more you thoughts liked on it. this? Uh, I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mm-hmm. watched it. Uh, I really, like I said, I fell in love with both of these characters. I thought Sunita Mani was amazing. Yeah. Like she's really good. Like I was really impressed by the caliber of like acting slash maybe not acting that they were doing, mm. knowing now that they were actually a couple. Oh, the um, uh, the the directors are a couple. Sorry, not the actors. Oh, not the actors. Yeah. Not okay. Well, then I'm definitely impressed with sure. the the fluidity of their acting with each other and their level of comfort with each other. Like you have to be a really good actor to be in a shower scene with someone. Oh yeah. And like it, it was just seamless. <laughs> I re- like I was. Fully yeah. sold on the fact that these people were in a relationship, but yeah. not only that, like kind of a stale relationship that they were trying to figure out. So, and like being in quarantine and like the last year we've had, like I'm sure a lot of us have had parallel thoughts with like some of the things that they've talked about in this movie. Yeah. So I, th- I think it was kind of an appropriate time for this movie to come out because it's like, what would happen if you were like quarantined in a cabin and you were just trying to reconnect and mm-hmm. your phones didn't work? And like, you know, I really like the. Uh, the more modern day approach to like a classic like invasion tale, yeah, definitely told yeah. a more identifiable story, and I really did enjoy that. So I, I love this movie. I fell in love with it. Uh, I think it's probably going to be end up in my top ten of the year. Honestly, I could see that for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm I was just thinking about this the other day because uh, I saw a trailer, or like maybe I saw that a movie that we had covered earlier this year made it to streaming, and I was like, man, was that this year? Um, so I, at the moment, I can't remember what we've seen. Like, I can't even think of a top 30, but this is a great one. Yeah. The shower scene that you mentioned is also so good because it's not like a traditional, like, steamy, hot, sexy shower scene. It's, like, very, very practical. And it's just, like, they've <laughs> been together like, a long time. And they're just, like, <laughs> arguing about something that doesn't matter. And we're all just watching, like, been there. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, uh, the, she was asking for the face soap. And he's, like, there's so many soaps. <laughs> none of so them are labels. labels. None of them are labeled. I love it. I was dying. 
It was so good. I guess so I'm gonna yeah yeah man. I loved it. I think everyone should watch it. It was fantastic. Okay, if you do get a chance to see Save Yourselves again, it's on video on demand. Uh, it's like five ninety nine to rent. Let us know what you think. Like Johnny said, you can email us or you can hit us up on Instagram or uh, Twitter if you want. But I think Instagram is probably your best bet. Or if you're just checking in for that PB and J, hit us up on Untapped. Or if you just want to talk about Save Yourselves, find us on Letterboxd. Uh, let's say we jump to a quick break, talk about the handlebar, and then come back with beer number two. Deal. Deal. Max, the poofs have taken over. We have to get out of here. This planet is done for it. Let's get to our little crystal bubble. One problem. I can't leave this world without drinking one more Trumer Pilsner. What mm-hmm. do we do? Johnny, we got to go quick. We got to go to the handlebar right here in Chico. So that's fortunate because it's right where we live, right here on the south end of town. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street. And I'd be willing to bet, despite it being the end of the world, they still have their happy hour, which remind everybody listening what that is. The happy hour. Luckily, we're in it right now. It's two to six, seven days a week. And we're in luck. The alien invasion happened during happy hour. So we have time to get down there before we are whisted away from this planet by poofs. Again, that's the handlebar. 2070 East 20th Street. We'll be there. But then our phones are going off and we're floating off into space. And then poof, we're gone. <laughs> Kiawabunga! Shell Shaka is our bright West Coast IPA with a light malt bill and hop to the max with citra, cashmere, and motueka. Righteous notes of tangerine, candied mango, and resinous lime before finishing dry and refreshing. Drink Shell Shaka with your favorite pizza. Hold the anchovies, dude. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes. Oh my lord. I don't I overcommitted. But I think you committed just enough. What am I bro. talking about? You're talking about Shell Shaka. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes on the Half Shell, inspired beer from South Lake Brewing Company out of, you guessed it, South Lake, Tahoe, California. It's a West Coast IPA, 6.2%, 55 eboos. Uh, that's that's international bitterness units sure. for you peasants sure, that sure. don't know. Uh, 55 is like medium to real hoppy, I think. I don't know. The, the number is 55. Decide yeah. for yourselves. Yeah. So this is a West Coast IPA because the West Coast is the best coast, and Johnny likes clear beer, and Johnny picks out beers, so this is what we're drinking A whole bunch of slogans in that sentence. Okay. Yeah, man. I like it. Uh, I'm really excited for this beer. Let me ask you a question. Mm. Uh, Max, are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I actually, yeah, man. I I used to watch them all the time, like Saturday morning cartoons, um, and like the, the live action movie with the kid on the rollerblades and they all did like roller hockey. I can't remember. I think it was just called like the Ninja Turtles movie or something, but like, yeah, I was all about it. I always thought, you know, I always thought like Leonardo was the coolest with the swords, but like as I grew older and wiser, like Donatello seems to be more my guy, but I, there is something very appealing about a Michelangelo. Cause he's just like, he's down for a good time, which is fun and maybe more appropriate. So I think that it's, it's nice that they put his, uh, uh, you know, what do the turtles have? What are those things called? Hands? Flippers? Arm? What is that? I guess a hand, right? Foot. A they're foot. all feet. Are they? Well, yeah, but Ninja Turtles have hands because they're mutants. Okay, that's right. Yeah, they're mutants. That's a nice so tie-in. Yeah, he's got a hand. To answer your question, yeah, I like the I like Ninja Turtles. What about you? Cool. Well, I do too, man. They were a big part of my childhood. Everything from like the Super Nintendo games where you were like side-scrolling and like yeah. doing... That was so fun all the way. Yeah, I loved... I saw a couple of the movies in theaters. It was so oh, dope. Sweet. Yeah, man. I saw, I think, two and three. Remember three when they time traveled? Nope. They went back to ancient Japan and they had nope. to become, they became samurais. It was 
so dope. Aren't they already like in that? Because they're like, aren't they as much they're, as you can be a classically trained ninja? Aren't they already yeah. ninjas? Yeah, they're ninjas and they become samurai. Oh, I see. They're different. One is from China. One is from Japan. Is there? So <laughs> we're gonna get to this beer eventually. But is there one of the movies where? What's the girl's name? Is it Rachel? April. April. O'Neil. Yeah. Where April has to like infiltrate Shredder's gang or something. They're like, you have to, or maybe it's the kid with the rollerblades and the gang's like, you have to pass our ninja test. And then he throws a smoke bomb. And then like, there's like a bunch of bells that he has to put on him or take off. I can't remember. Is that from that movie? Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, I've seen the shit out of that movie. Yeah. And then like Rafi, one of the turtles is there. And when they throw the smoke bomb, you hear. Yeah. 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 And then the kid is just I want to keep wanting to say Rufio, but that's not it. <laughs> but the kid is just holding all the bells. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. So obviously, this beer is invoking a lot of nostalgia. I'm pretty sure that's a 100% the point. It's also worth noting that we notably did not cover the Ninja Turtles live action movie that came out um, maybe two years ago because um, we weren't interested and it didn't seem like it was good. And to your point of nostalgia, I didn't want to have a bad new thing taint my memories of good old things. Oh, I've watched all of them. They're pretty cool. The new one? Yeah, they're not worth covering. What do you mean but like, There's more than one. Yeah, bro, there's two. There's uh, there's one and they did a sequel. That means there's two. Megan, smart. Megan Fox, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she yeah, put out a were, movie this year too, actually. They Really? It's called Rogue. It looks awful. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Her career is going great. Places. It's, she, I don't know. I don't get, I don't get her thing, but fair enough. It's fine. This beer, you like it, obviously. Um, I have tasted it and I got to tell you, it is fantastic. Okay. I was, uh, quite pleased with the liquid before me. Have you? Yeah, man. I don't know what this beer's skin cover routine is, but she clear, not a, not a blemish on her. This is like, it, this is lagery looking. It's yeah, an incredibly it's, light looking IPA. Yeah, man. Um, mine's holding just like a little bit of lacing. It's not incredibly carbonated or anything. It's like you said, 6.2%. I have tried it. It's, I'm, I'm not nearly throwing out fantastic. It's pretty good. I'm getting some soapy stuff I don't love. Um, but it's fine. Like it's more than fine. I think it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. This is very nice. I like the, the hops. I think one of the hops has a little bit of a soapiness. I remember we've talked about Yeah, I think this. it's the Motueka hop. Yeah. It's got like an earthy green oniony almost vibe yeah. almost like a yeah. mosaic vibe yeah. um but uh yeah overall it's, yeah. it's real tasty man it's solid it's clean and crispy it is it's super it's super clean for sure it finishes very very uh very dry and a nice bit of bitterness but if, for me it's not blowing my mind like i like the can art more than i like the beer which maybe speaks more to our uh you know affinity for the ninja turtles but still it's a fun beer mm-hmm I agree. Anything you don't like about it? Um, I, I don't like that kind of what you're talking about. Almost like a, it's like earthy meets like mango-y. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, I like a more straightforward hop approach. Yeah. When you start getting fancy and some of these like aroma hops that make it have these weird notes, like the candied mango note yeah. is whatever hop does that, they could leave out and I'd be totally cool with it. You know, if it was just a bit of like the citrus and a bit of like the, uh, um, the, the, uh, what, what's the fancy word for the rind? Uh, pith. Yeah. Some pithiness. Uh, I would be down with that. But when you get that, it is the the flavor of that candied mango. They say it in the title. And now that I read it again, I'm mm-hmm. like, yep, that's not really what I'm into. It's like that sickly sweet, like mushy fruit. 
Like, I don't dig on that. So I think that there's definitely um, one of the blend of the hops that I'm not liking. I think it would have improved it. For me personally, my taste, Mm -hmm. I don't need that. I like a more straightforward West Coast. Just I need it to just be bitter and dry and delicious. Yeah, I mean, as far as West Coast stuff goes, like, yeah, there's there's this weird balancing act of putting, yeah, like a tropical fruit with a pretty hoppy citrus vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it works either. But for me, it's certainly that kind of mango tropical thing. But also, yeah, that like almost earthiness kind of, um, what else did you say? Uh, earthy, like like squishy, overripe fruit. No, it was something before that, but Sweet. earthiness works. I was just there was something else that you said. I was like, oh, that's exactly what I'm tasting. Uh, maybe I'll mm-hmm. think of it. But yeah, it's it's a super solid beer. Um, and I'm not I'm not mad about. It. I definitely like it more than our first beer, but it's still not blowing blowing me away too too much. Yeah, I think it's solid to above average. I, I yeah. wouldn't say definitely the can art's cooler. It carries it further for me than the liquid does yes i do like it i would definitely buy a four pack and drink it and not complain too much um but it is a specific flavor i think you have to be kind of in the mood for this beer agreed Uh, that being said it's a 16 ounce can this is Mm -hmm. a great quantity Uh, i like it quite a bit so yeah i i think it's good i think it's not great i think it's definitely above average and it's the first thing i've had from south lake brewing company Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty uh, impressed, and I would definitely not hesitate to grab something else from them and give it a whirl. I'd go on a second date with these guys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Max, uh, what do you rate this beer? Yeah, I'm giving it a six, man. Six out of ten. It's yeah. totally respectable, just above average for me. Uh, not offensive, and I'll finish mine. Six. What about you? Yeah, I was right in that same ballpark. This feels like a this is like a six four. Oh, so close. Six point four. Um, I tried to guess what you were uh, going to write. I saw that. Nobody else did, so I wanted to clarify why I said I was so close. Um, Okay, well, how much was it? I assume you got it at SNS. You've been uh, pimping their stuff lately. Incorrect, good sir. Damn it. I got this on a trip. I went down for a bottle release at Moxa. I actually picked up one of my favorite stouts from them. I was able to get some bottles of it. Uh, And after that, I took a trip to Roseville which is not far from Rockland mm-hmm. and about 15 minutes and picked up a bunch of beers for the show at uh, final gravity. So this beer and the two that we are doing next beer, which you already have in your fr- or next beer next week yeah. uh, on the next episode are already in your fridge and they all came from final gravity. Awesome. And this beer was a uh, four That's not too many bones at all. No, it's a hell of a deal. Like it, I will roll the dice on a $4 50 cent, 16 ounce can from a brewery I've never heard of. With a cool with label. With a cool that label. Work, that That's, works. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, Shell Shaka, South Lake Brewing, 6.4 for Johnny, 6 for me. Get your hands on it if you can. Let's play a trailer for the latest in the police lineup of Marvel movies, this time with a horror twist. Yes, I am talking about the long-anticipated, uh, or at the very least, long- By who? Re- I don't know. <laughs> the long uh, rescheduled. This was originally supposed to come out back in April. So we've been seeing this thing advertised for a very long time, talking about the new mutants. Here's a trailer for that, and we'll be back to talk about it right after that. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. The reason you survived... It's because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? 
Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned her. Eliana? I killed 18 men. One by one. This isn't a hospital. It's a cage. It's important we find out your power so we can help you get better. I saw something. I don't think she wanted me to see. I don't think we're here to get better. This place takes your greatest fear. And makes you live through it until it kills you. Who's there? We can get out of this together. Okay, I'm going to say this as if it's not a generic thing. <clears throat> Five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save yourselves, themselves, but too easy not to take. I'm talking about the New Mutants, of course, directed by Josh Boone, who is most famous for directing The Fault in Our Stars. What's this, that? The, you never seen The Fault in Our Stars? What's that? What's what? What's the fault in our stars? Okay. <laughs> Just trying to set I've up never, for a joke. It's great. No, you never, never seen, seen the fault in our stars? No, what is that? Oh, it's great. It's uh it's Well, sh- give me the elevator pitch for that movie. Okay. And why I should trust this guy with my time. Fine. It has nothing to do with this movie, which is why it's so strange. You would never I was so shocked that it was him. But it, is this like Guy Ritchie directing fucking Aladdin? Uh yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> the Fault in Our Stars okay. is, is a story about a girl played by Shadeline Woodley who has this chronic disease and she falls in love and it's sort of a romantic story. Told. It's like a kind of a, you know, like a late teenage sort of romance movie. Okay. Good movie. You endorse it. Yeah. It's very good. Oh, okay. This movie, which I suppose I won't bother endorsing yet, but it stars Maisie Williams, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Heaton, uh, Blue Hunt, and Alice Braga. That's hard to say. Johnny, tell me about um, sort of its release details, maybe how long it runs, that sort of thing. Yeah, so this movie is a tight 94 minutes long. Uh, and it opened like in a super limited run of theaters end of August this year. Uh, it's going wider. That's mm-hmm. why we got it. Mm-hmm. We got it very recently, and our theater actually just opened October yeah. 3rd, I believe. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I will remember that day forever. It was the longest <laughs> I'd been without going to the movies in my whole life. Yeah. Was this quarantine, so... October third is like a national is a podcast holiday. I think sure. I'm gonna. Do, I think I just decided that. I'll put it in the calendar. Um, yeah, uh, but this movie actually has made just over forty three million dollars worldwide, which I don't know what budget it was made on. I but don't either. I know other countries were opening up movies a long time ago. Like Tenant's been out in a lot of other countries for a lot longer. So 
I'm imagining the bulk of that revenue came from countries that are not us. Yeah, I actually recall seeing that like half of it is from U.S. Oh wow, okay, look at us. Pretty sure. Look at us. But I don't think that's correct. Like, I mean, factually, that's correct. Um, ethically, well, how- from a watching movie perspective, I don't think that's what I want for America. So you're saying you disagree with people spending money on this movie? <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. That's what I'm saying. But enough Fair about enough. my short thoughts. What, what you, this was your call, this movie was, in a sense. I just okay. want to pin it to you. So what did you Thanks, think? Thanks, bud. You got it. It was the only other first-run movie in theaters, <laughs> but I'll take the blame. Yeah, okay. Sure. Great. You know, I you know, on the other side of the coin, I suggested the first movie we reviewed, so uh, I will take the good with the bad, and Deal. unfortunately, this movie is by and large the bad. I will say this movie had moments of being tolerable to good, but they were simply overshadowed by uh, a massive amount of overly narrative writing, predictable plot points, and very, very poor acting and overacting, God. and just the writing in this was atrocious. I laughed out loud in the theater when uh, Alice Braga says, it's fine. I'm a doctor. My God. Yeah. So she, I, like, yeah. The absurdity <laughs> of some of the lines in this movie <laughs> yeah, were so over the top. This, I, I feel like the bones of this movie were cool. They were walking this really weird razor's edge for me of we could either go campy mm-hmm. and cheesy mm-hmm. or and funny, or we could go like serious and superhero. And we've seen this time and time again with movies like Ant-Man yeah. and like, you know, Thor Ragnarok. They they play this really interesting balancing act between the seriousness of the genre and the comedy and the camp. And this is like has horror elements, so you're dealing with some of those issues too, with like the campiness of horror films and romance, and romance. So there's a lot going on, and I feel like this movie never fully committed to either being like funny and campy or scary and serious. And I feel like if it would have done either, I would have enjoyed this movie at least twice as much as I did. That being said, there were some great scenes. That like you get you get a payoff at the end for what it's worth. You get a big battle scene and a big payoff, and I think it was really cool. It was fun to watch, but I don't think it was worth it. the The bullshit that I had to sit through was not worth the payoff. So no. I can't really say it was a good movie. It was entertaining and it had good scenes, but by and large, this movie was like ninety four minutes of hot hot garbage. Yeah, I mean it's just people like. We're- I get it. Like the Marvel thing has had success when it branches away from the Avengers stuff, like, like Deadpool or, or Logan, very successful spins, like Logan being the more actiony and dramatic one and Deadpool kind of going the comedy route. So it kind of makes sense. They'd be like, well, let's do a horror thing. And I'm just picturing the pitch meeting where it's like, well, let's do a horror thing. Okay. But like, let's also do an action thing and drama and comedy and romance. And there's some, they're all just like, okay, we're gonna have to narrow it down. And one dude's like fidgeting in the back. He goes, all of them do them all. And then what we get is this movie and it's fine. Like you mentioned Alice Braga as Dr. Reyes, who is, who's the, like, it's a psych ward kind of. Um, but like, it's so clear the moment you enter that building, like this is, this is a psych ward and there's bad stuff that's going to happen, but all these kids go along with it. Like, no, we're here for rehab. Can, can we talk accents for a minute? Oh God. Yeah, we can. I have a a lot to say for the worst accent. Anya Taylor-Joy yeah. can jump off a cliff with this accent that 
is an insult not only to Russian people, but people with lisps and other speech impediments because that's what her accent sounded like. It was so infuriatingly bad and also not there all the time. Yes. Anya Taylor-Joy is very good. In a lot of stuff, she was fantastic yeah. in The Witch. Um, her, her character's name, and they don't like broadcast this, but you see it at one point when it's like one of her like files is open or something. Her name is uh, is Ileana Rasputin. Oh, she's not Russian at all. Yeah. I don't know, man. But like also Charlie Heaton, who is good in a lot of stuff too. Um, <sighs> he plays Sam, who's a dude from Kentucky. Oh, he's got that Southern coal miner accent. Just so bad. Um, oh my God. But it's, it's, I don't know. It's safe to say this movie revolves around the character arc of, uh, Blue Hunt's character who's, uh, Danielle Moonstar. And she, it's all about like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of mythology built into this. Like now that you've hit puberty mutants, we know that you're going to, um, your powers are going to start showing up and often those are very dangerous. So you have to come to this institution so we can help you learn to control them. And nobody in the audience is like, that's true. Everyone's like, well, there's this clearly something bad we just got to figure out what and for me it wasn't interesting enough to really wonder as the movie was going i was like i'm sure they're going to tell me at some point so i'll wait which means that as an audience member i need to be entertained along the way because otherwise my mind wanders and wander it did and it wandered through these spooky corridors that weren't that spooky none of the team building stuff worked none of it worked i don't i actually disagree with you on the ending too i don't think that was a payoff at all i think that was a nail in the coffin for me I mean, it was cool because I got to see the thing. I guess. Like, I liked that part. The, I just yeah. got to see the thing. And it was just like a cool, fun battle with crazy, could, yeah. mythical, yeah. weird creatures. Yeah. Like, if the whole movie would have been that, it was cool. But also, like, I could have done without Anya Taylor-Joy's whole character and uh, Charlie Heaton saying, what are we going to do, Roberto? Like, I know. Oh, my God. Remember when he, just, when he, when he tells him to nut up? Yeah. I don't think I listed yeah. uh, Roberto in the characters here, but that was my bad. He's a That's he's fine. another dude. Uh, also, little little bonus nugget for you guys out there: Marilyn Manson was the voice of the Smiling Man. Did that thing say anything? Did it like ever say words? Ah, yeah, Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That that was Marilyn Manson for what it's worth. That makes could have been me. Kind of looked like Marilyn me. Manson. A little bit, yeah. Um, okay, at this point, I am no longer interested in speaking about this without spoiling stuff. Are you okay if we spoil some things for this movie, Johnny? Away we go to the new danger zone. If you care, you can skip forward again. It's in the episode description. You can jump straight to hot and bothered <laughs> if, if you'd like. I think I think it probably doesn't matter. Like if you care to, care. I mean, if you care to not be spoiled. Ah, if you care, I love it. <laughs> you better listen to us. I'm just saying, if you want to see the movie first for some reason, yeah, you can. Like, but the way you said that with such like vinegar in your mouth, like <laughs> if you give a shit, you can yeah. fast forward. But yeah. otherwise, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So spoilers for the new mutants. Um. I have to ask. Sure, and this is going to be spicy. Okay, um, did you feel that the there there was a like a lesbian love story type sure. thing sure. between um, Maisie Williams' character and Blue, uh, Hunt. Blue Hunt's character? Yeah. Um, did you think that that was like believable? Was it forced? Um, for me, I'm going to tell you my take, and I want to hear yours. Okay, uh, I, it seemed to me like it was it was genuine at moments, but then. When you look at it like as a part of the whole of this, it was just another genre that they tried to fit into the buffet of genres in the <laughs> Golden Corral style that is this movie. I love that sentence. That was lovely. Um, no, I agree. Like sometimes it's good. Like there are like there's some tender moments between them. Like I think 
Um, I don't know. Blue Hunts, I don't recall her in anything before, and she's not great. But Maisie Williams, I think, holds her own. Uh, I think I think the only reason those moments felt genuine is because Maisie Williams is a good actress. Totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's there's some weight behind the expression. It takes two to tango. So I think some of the stuff that didn't work in those scenes, I would largely place on the shoulders of Blue Hunt's acting and probably lack of experience. Um, but also like, you know, I can complain all day about having to juggle these genres, but I can't imagine what's like having to be an actor in this movie. Like, all right, so we have, all right, so I'm gonna be scared, but also like in love, we got to crack some jokes here. And like, what movie are we even making you guys? And I don't know. So I, I don't know. I can't really hold it against him too much. Cause I don't think it's all acting, but yeah, like sometimes it worked and it, sometimes it just felt like they were trying to mash more stuff in to get an emotional response out of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I agree. I think it, a lot of it was just forced and that genre bending really just took me out of it. And like I said, some of those lines, man, like when Ileana says, so am I. Just like the wait, you can't do that. That bear is magic. Yeah, like that's a because what was the thing? Yo, I actually, I specifically now that you say that, remember not understanding the word. I thought it said mounted, but that can't be right. The bear magic. is magic. It's, it's magic. Yeah, and she's like, but so, so am I. Yeah, that doesn't quite work. And also, I don't think I've ever heard magic discussed in like X Men movies because it's yeah. like all mutations. So I don't, I don't. That seemed like a weird word to use magic yeah weird um yeah okay. it was weird and it bummed me out because iliana has like a really cool like mutant superpower yes like i was ah oh, the thing that's why i said like the bones of this movie had potential like they could have done a lot with it like if this movie had i'm not gonna say a different direction i'm just gonna say if this movie had a direction yeah it would have been dope but i will be negligent if i do not say that it did bother me that the only native american x-men that i've ever seen yep. ended this movie by taming a demon bear yeah i mean there was and they weren't shy about like a particular iliana's character like a lot of a lot of native american racial stuff gets thrown in yeah um, i saw this the day after indigenous people's day and i was like yeah. what the fuck man uh, like the amount of sort of hate speech that gets thrown between these characters in the beginning particularly by iliana um that needs to be reckoned with by the end and just isn't. And it's just like, here, here we're all cool now. Right? Like we fought this yeah. big ass bear and these weird smiley people. So we're all good. And it's like, I feel like yeah. y'all got to have a conversation or two, you know? Exactly. And the antagonist of this movie seemed to be, you know, um, what's her name in the movie? Moon blood. Good. Daniel, Daniel moons, Danielle Moonstar. The, the antagonist. Yeah. The antagonist protagonist, whatever. Yeah. The, she was a bit of both, but like, Sure. Okay. Fair enough. I my question is to you would be like, wouldn't they have been better off not having her around? She did kind of like ki- almost kill like all of them. Yeah, Johnny. But what you don't understand, and this is why this movie is so complicated, and this is why your little pea brain can't, doesn't understand it, is because it's all about. Uh, make a case for it. It's all about you know like her trauma, and she's not. She's not bad, man. Like she's dealing with some stuff. Actually, I think this part of the movie was good. If they could have done it right, this is a really good idea. It's like she's carrying all this guilt from when her she murdered her family, clearly, and she has to come to terms with that, which is so a really I've, important part of the mutant sort of arc, I think. I, I agree. 
I would have loved to have seen a bit of follow-up where like mid-battle, okay, hear me out. Here's how I would have ended this movie if okay. I rewrote the whole thing. Starting from when? Uh, the, just rewriting the ending. Okay. In my, in my ending, first of all, the the whole movie was much better and more enjoyable up to this point. Obviously, Oscar-worthy. Obviously, yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> critically acclaimed before it was even released. Yep. Uh, so mid-battle, she has this awakening, which she has eventually, that she can, you know, she's going to tame the bear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have the scene with her petting, you know, doing the crocodile Dundee, just petting the thing's nose and mm-hmm. putting it to sleep. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting it to sleep, Bites our young her. heroine ascends to the back of the bear ah. and proceeds to ride it into battle, wielding like a flaming tomahawk and fucks up all the other things that she accidentally created with her brain. And like the bear eats them and like in their own way, they all get to kill their own demons. Sure. Cause that's kind of like the, the theme of this movie. It's what they're going for. I right? just yeah. like conquer yeah. your demons. Sure. So like, what if she, once she realizes she has power over her demon bear and she can control it like she can control everyone else's situation like she's doing in the same length it is negative in the polar opposite she can control it to the positive and like create a situation where they can all kill their demons in the most like cathartic way possible sure and then after that they go on with all their newfound power and like be the most badass team of mutants ever i mean i got 20 bucks that says that's the sequel but instead of like, like- Go, yeah. You know, I think they ride into the, uh, this is, this is the bet is that she actually does use that bear in the way that you're describing, but they like go to that facility that's been sort of keeping all the kids to train. Like, I, I guess like a super mutant, um, uh, assassin like, team or like, yeah, like a murder like squad a mercenary lab. Yeah. Like that's what they do in the sequel is they all like leave this asylum and you know, they hone their abilities. There's going to for sure be like a three minute montage of them, like all practicing in the woods. And then they go fight, you know, the next crazy bad guy but the bad guy is gonna have also also by the way speaking of creatures you must have loved the dragon the dragon was so cute you love that dragon i knew it i love that came alive but i also know that before that you thought it was really stupid because i did too but i thought her whole character was really stupid yes but then the dragon came alive and you were a little bit more forgiving of her character yeah 10 bucks if you can name the dragon uh i can do it hang on uh i definitely know this dragon's name um Okay, I'm gonna take a few. Five, go- oh, four. I hate the count; it makes me so stressed. Three. It's like hoodwinked or nuffelbomb or uh, one. Blugger blops. Lockheed. Lockheed. <laughs> you sure it wasn't blugger blops? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it wasn't blugger blops. Shoot, I was close. Uh, yeah, Lockheed. but when like she entered, like when her arm got all cool and she had a sword, uh, it was cool, man. I like uh, she was like one arm colossus. Yeah. Which was dope. I kept waiting for like a full suit of armor, but I guess she can only do it on the one arm. Yeah, which was kind of a bummer because yeah. like the rest of your body is just super like human and, and soft. Exposed and, and like you're going to get murdered. Yeah, it's not ideal. Maybe she's not fully blossomed yet. Do you mean like like that's her mutant skill that has to like also go through puberty and like that has to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like the whole push of this movie. No, I know. That, like. Yeah, so maybe she's just her. She hasn't grown into her armor yet. But that would have been a very satisfying visual way to convey that she has grown as a person. It's like right for the final battle, she's like Super Saiyan, and then does it, and then she kills her demons. Like yeah, yeah, there's more payoff. But like no, that kid still can't fly. That kid can kind of shoot fireballs. Maisie Williams like a (laughs) tiny little 
little like were person. I guess she's just little, like because for a moment she is like almost like a werewolf, or I mean, yeah, like a werewolf, like a like she can turn into a dog, but then but, she like, turns she into a dog. Also, yeah, yeah. So you're either like tiny human like, 10 seconds of a transition where you're like super badass and then it's like you're but, just a dog yeah for a while there though she was rolling around like with the claws out like like werewolf attributes yes so maybe she is gonna like movie two she can become like a werewolf like Maisie williams turns into like a seven foot tall drooling behemoth of yeah. razor sharp teeth and claws that'd be so cool because she's I, so tiny and adorable yeah i don't get like so if if um if uh our main character's power is to is it that she inherently understands your deepest fears or just like she have to touch you or like i don't know how it works but however it does like it, it that's game over inherent. for everybody because it's not even like it's not like the um scarecrow from from batman where you're like freaking out but it's all in your head this is like legit like she can bring your actual worst fears make them way worse like turn and then uh, let them ki- and, and make then them actually kill you. kill you like that's that's game over for everybody like nobody I would have that. killed her you have to kill yeah, her i might yeah. have killed her yeah um also big problem with this why did she never use that power on the person holding them captive unclear i don't well, well no it's clear she didn't know how to use it at the time like she was just panicking so okay but why didn't it show up against her like I she don't know th- there's there's no logic even when she knew she was the enemy and they were fighting against her. She didn't use her powers against her, but yet everyone else in existence in this movie's worst fears showing up except the doctor. She maybe she she has learned everybody else's fears by talking to them over the past however many weeks nope. she was there. If she was able to learn her fears, there'd be no reason to keep analyzing them like she's doing in this movie. Incorrect. Not valid. Nope. No, I'm saying Bullshit. I'm saying that um uh, Danielle Moonstar. What's I? They need to have like superhero names. And they don't. They're too hard to like. I want to be able to say like Professor X or Magneto or something. But whatever. Well, because you had. Um, I'm just gonna go with Rasputin. Of course. Um, Moonstone. Okay, that feels um, okay. Sure. Shitty Flash and Kentucky. Um, no, Shitty Flash is Kentucky. What? Why would he be Shitty he's Flash? Because oh. he's real fast, but he can't control it. I was thinking Flash and then, like a bright light, like the and fire then boy. Fireball. Fireball. Sure. Because he's feeling hot, do a shot. Was he fencing with the bear, by the way? Like, he didn't once throw fire at the bear. He was just like, like, also the bear, like, bears can throw stuff at you, apparently. Like, the bear was, like, picking up debris and chucking it directly at Fireboy. And, like, he, like, caught it and would, like, poke. That's his worst fear, bro. His worst fear is to have a bench thrown at him. Didn't you know? (laughs) Yeah, you know, fear takes many forms. It's going to mess up his beautiful face. All right, we let's just rate this. I think is where I'm at. I could like I, I I don't know. Like I think when you walk in on somebody taking a shit in the bathroom, you're like, ah, oh, that was scary and interesting. But if you have to watch somebody doing that for more than a few minutes, I'm I get bored, which is what I think that I'm doing to people right now because we could show <sighs> this movie all day. Yeah, it's fun though because like people might not want to watch this now and they'd know why in vivid detail. That's true. That is That's true. The service we provide. Also, you didn't let me finish. Maisie Williams is obviously she wolf. Oh, sure. Yeah. Although I like her name, Rain. That's a dope name. Yeah. Rain Wolf. What's the character's name from V for, Ven- v for Vendetta? Uh, Guy Guy Fo- Fox? Forks? Guy? No. Um, Guy Fox. Natalie Portman's character. Oh. Do you know? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. But that's that's basically what Maisie Williams' sort of trauma is in this. It's like taking yeah. down the establishment of the church. Yeah. 
God, View for Vendetta was a good movie. I was just thinking I haven't seen that in a while. I just re uh, started watching this morning uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, but this is hot and bothered stuff. Let's rate this movie. All right. So for me, the New Mutants was uh, 2.7. 2.7. A respectable rating, I think, for what this thing is. I'm giving it a three, and it's fine. I never want to watch it again, and I won't. So let's move right along if you're good. Yeah, man. That but, is the new mutants. Goodbye forever. Let us, but please let us know if you if you have uh, shit talking thoughts. Share them with us. We'd love to sort of indulge in that sort of thing and, and bask in the garbage of this movie. If you loved it, definitely write us in. I'd love to hear why. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the new mutants, notwithstanding, what's got you hot or specifically bothered this week? Um. All right. So I've got a couple things. Literally two. One of them is personal. The other is something professional. A follow up. Okay. And professional. That's right. Well, both are professional because mm, chef. Okay. Um, no, man. I bought an air fryer mm. and I absolutely love it. It's the coolest appliance I've ever bought in my whole life. And I'm going to make Brussels sprouts in it after this. I, I've never used one. I'm aware of the concept kind of, but I'm not clear on the science of what it does. Can you explain that to me at all? So an air fryer is essentially like um, a super-powered mini convection oven that makes things crispy without using a shit ton of oil. How does it do it then? Um, it just cooks it real hot and real fast. Like a microwave? No, because a microwave actually – the way microwaves work is they um, – microwaves cause the uh, water in things – to rub against each other, creating friction, which okay. heats up the food. Sure. So it's actually heating the water molecules in the food through friction. Uh, an air fryer is actually a convection oven with a heat source and a big fan that, you know, it was, as you know, convection ovens circulate the air rapidly, causing an even cooking heating. Of course. Because convection, the air is moving yes. around the food. Um, so it's different in that regard in that it evenly heats very quickly and very hotly food. Like... I do Brussels sprouts like tossed in avocado oil, just a little, uh, and like some salt. And man, they you, you bite one, it's like crunchy. Can I just say that it's super fucking weird, but also super cool that you could you just explain those two things in pretty vivid detail? Like I was expecting <laughs> you to be like, oh, I don't know, it just cooks food. But you were like, you, I think, and I can't fact check it, but I take your word. Like that's how those things work. Yeah, man. Very cool. I, I I know a little bit about certain things, and those two things just happen to be a couple of them. Appliances. Yeah, sure. Yeah, man. Well, just cooking in general, different cooking methods. Like, one time I was really, like, probably stoned and curious. Like, how do microwaves work, man? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I had an argument with a person that I used to live with about um, if microwaves were safe or not. Because, like, sure, of course. And thoughts that radiation It's magic. It's witchcraft. Like, you need to get it out of the house wear your tinfoil hat and i'm like you know it's actually just like really basic science and it's like it's not that far off from like radar and communications technology that's actually how microwaves were discovered nope it's the devil yeah you have delusions delusions (laughs) oh robert pattinson how we love you so anyways air fryers are dope microwaves are dope too If, if you need to heat up things that have a decent h2o content it's very very effective 
But that's also why things don't heat evenly in the microwave a lot of times because oh. there's not enough liquid. Sure. Like if you microwave something dry, that's why it just dries it out and it gets chewy. Oh, that makes sense. You know, I'm picturing a, a world in which you are like you are the main ambassador for appliances. And and like if anybody has an appliance question, they come to you. That is literally my definition of a utopia. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And that's a great segue into utopia. What? Uh so yeah, I know, right? It's like you knew that was coming. <laughs> the uh follow-up to a show that I believe we touched on a week or two ago. Yes. Uh as one that you had watched one episode of, I had had the desire to start. Mm-hmm. Well, I have since henceforth thusly finished it. Wait. And I have a final before you take. do. Before you do. Because what we did say, if you missed the episode, is that it's a new show on Amazon Prime. Uh and it's Actually, that's it. I guess that's, you'll probably touch on it a little bit, but it's just a show about, um, you know, I've only seen one episode, so I don't even know why I cut you off. It's on Amazon Prime, I guess is my point. You just felt like talking. I'm so sorry. Anything else? Nope. You sure? Yes. Good. I'm sure. Okay. All right. So, mister, I've still only seen one episode. Okay. I watched this series in approximately two sittings, and it hooked me so fast, um, there are characters and writing in it that I absolutely love and that I absolutely hate. Uh, and it comes to fruition that they are all written for a very distinct purpose. Um, and I think they're actually written in a way that is uh, effective in getting you to feel very strongly about that. Um, the cast in this was great, man. You had Rain mm-hmm. Wilson, you had John Cusack, you had, oh God, I can't remember her name, but she was in American Honey. She's fantastic. Oh, um, um, with the with the dreads. Yeah, she's got dope hair. I'll think of her name. She, yeah, she's amazing. Um, but anyway, so it's this this series. It's I'm gonna say science fiction fantasy type, but it's set in the in the real world. There's a lot of people you recognize. Uh, it's all centered around this comic book, and there's massive conspiracy theories around it that it's actually predicting things that are going wrong that have gone wrong with the world and that are gonna go wrong in the future. And there's great mystery as to the source and the author of this comic book and this massive web of conspiracy and intrigue and violence and some really crazy plot points unfurls before us in the show. And I think it is, quite frankly, some of the best and most uh, engaging and immediately addictive writing and science fiction viewing that I've seen in a while. Uh, I'm still only six episodes into raised by wolves and I finished mm. this show. Nice. So dude. If that tells you anything about the sheer consumability of this show and it takes left turns and right turns that you do not see coming. Like when you think it's like getting predictable, it just isn't nice. And there, there's a really fun payoff. There's some great, great writing. Uh, so I, I'm giving it 100% my stamp of approval uh, that you 100% need to watch Utopia. It is fantastic. It is okay. available on Amazon Prime to stream for free right now and I think is a treat of a show to watch. So I ate it up like candy. You should as well. Sasha Lane is the girl's name. Sasha Lane. And All credit due to Sasha Lane. Sure. I Yeah, I, I needed a push to get back into it because I remember – I mean I watched it kind of late at night. I Like I just finished a movie – and it, it was like late enough at night where I like wasn't going to start another movie, but I wanted to start a new show. And I think I just had the wrong recipe because I was just too tired to really get engaged. But 
but hearing that's yeah. very refreshing. I'll definitely go check it out, man. Good looking out. So Sasha Lane's character, I'm yep. going to tell you right now, you're going to hate her. Okay, great. She's written like that intentionally. Perfect. It's annoying, and I, you, you'll just despise her. She's mm-hmm. just not a fun character. Uh, and it is, at some points, a little bit over the top, but you kind of have to suspend your disbelief and just exist in this world. And it works if you stick with it. So sure. Um, like I said, there are some characters that are just a little over the top. That would probably be my only gripe, even small gripe with that, but it kind of does become apparent why she's written that way. So word, just go in with that knowing you're like, I don't nope out of that show because you can't stand her. Word. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That's utopia. Cool. Cool. That is. And that is my hot and no bothered because we're all bothered equally so max what is your hot and or bothered of this week yeah no bothered for me either i i crossed a movie off of my sort of what seems to be ever-growing list of like movies that everybody has seen that as somebody who watches movies and has to talk about them like i should have seen by now that list is huge but i finally crossed off 1995's the usual suspects which i've never seen movie great movie um so that's my thought it's a great movie um it is one of the, so it's if you don't know it, um, it's Gabriel Byrne, uh, Kevin Spacey, um, Benicio del Toro's in it. A lot, a lot of people are in it. It was directed by Brian Singer. So, so in 2020, this is a film that is um, shrouded in you know several controversial characters. Like obviously, Kevin Spacey's got his shit. Brian Singer's got I think even more than Kevin Spacey. And there's a discussion to be had about even watching this movie and and um, you know sort of not promoting it but standing by it. I, I am decent, I think, at, at separating art from artist sort of situation. So also in the context of 95, there's no getting around the fact that this is a hugely important crime thriller movie that set the stage for a lot of other films that came after it. So, I mean, I know that just sometimes hearing the name Brian Singer or Kevin Spacey, like, elicits a reaction. And I will say that, like, you know, watching it 25 years later, like, there is something about, like, seeing Kevin Spacey in a movie where it's like, ugh. I don't know. You're probably doing some shitty stuff back then too. Yeah. But he was so good in that movie. Yeah. And, and for me, it's not even like, but he was so good. It's like shitty stuff. All right. I'm going to try to not pay attention and just like focus on the movie, which is an incredibly well-made movie. I think again, seeing it once. Um, and, and like, I kind of know, like, you know, there's a twist in the usual spot in the usual suspects. Like there's, if like, there's a list of 10 movies of all time with big twists. Like this is probably one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of knew the twist going in. Um, I'm assuming everybody listening has already seen it, but like the whole thing is like, there's this legendary crime Lord named Kaiser Soze. And the shadow of this guy hangs over this entire movie. And we are led to believe pretty directly that it's Gabriel Burns character, Keaton something. Um, And then, no, it's actually, it's actually Kevin Spacey mastermind the whole thing. And it's really well executed, but I do think that knowing the twist going in kind of takes away from it which means uh, that seeing it a second time probably won't hold up nearly as well as the first time. But it is one of those movies that I'm glad I finally watched because it's, it's an iconic thing. I watched a key and peel sketch the other day where like literally like five days ago where there's two detective or there's a, a detective and, a, and a, a suspect and the suspect keeps responding with all these things just around the office, like naming the bottom of his coffee mug or like posters behind him. And then he leaves, and it turns out the detective was saying the same things. The suspect realized that we're they're playing the same game. My point is, I didn't realize that was just a huge reference to this movie. <laughs> yeah, and there's. I mean, there's references. I actually know a band whose name is Kaiser Soze. 
And I didn't know what that nice. was until I watched this movie. Um, That's funny. So I, I, it's just, it's incredibly relevant to pop culture and I'm, I'm now happy to be in the know. Nice. Yeah. That's one of those movies like Goodfellas and the Godfather sure. that, that set such a tone and its fingerprints are on so many other pieces of art that yeah. like, once you see the actual original movie or, you know, you're like, although it's like a key unlocking a door where you're like, right, right, right. Every, like, I now know what that sketch from XYZ totally comedy show, you know, it all like, yeah, things click. It's like not seeing uh pulp fiction and then you see it and then you get the references in like Lilo and stitch. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's great. Which example. is one of the weirdest movies I, that references. I know. It's so good though. But it is, and you're like, oh my god, this is. Fr-. And uh, I believe uh, Space Jam also has a Pulp Fiction reference. Does it? Yeah, it does. Uh, Yosemite Sam and Bugs Bunny burst through a door in like the the white suit, the suits, uh-huh. and they both have revolvers, and it's like clearly a Pulp Fiction. Yeah, reference. that's great, man. Yeah. So but yeah, just culturally culturally relevant stuff. Like this clearly left a huge footprint on pop culture. So I'm, I, yeah, like what you're saying, like it's nice to. Like just kind of like, oh yeah, huh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get these things now, which is a cool feeling. Yep. hundred percent. So I liked it a lot. Kind of. I kind of yeah, liked yeah. it a lot. I'm just liked that. I watched it, I guess. There you go. I mean, good movie's a good movie. Sure. Uh, and that's what I've got this week. Hell yeah. Well, that's, I think we're out of things that we've got, man. We've I reached so the too. end of the road. Um, you dropped off beers for next week. Do you want to plug what they are? Or should we just leave people hanging and trust that they can try them if they want after the review next week? I left some space there because I don't remember what they are. Cool. Great. Uh, I would love to plug them, but I don't think I've actually one of them is available around here. But yeah, it's up to you if you want to grab them. No, let's leave them hanging because what if they we convince people to go get them? They're terrible. Yeah. Then let me answer you. So give me some space. Sure. Nah, man, let's leave it a mystery. You guys have to tune in to figure (laughs) out what we drink next week. Uh, Deal. Then I will say, to wrap things up here, the show, as usual, wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. Um, if you're on Patreon, you know that in uh, two days, we will be having our um, our our event. I guess I won't say more than that. I don't want to make people track us down, but that'll be on Sunday. Um, so if you've said that you're coming to that, please come. We can't wait to see you. Thank you for being on Patreon. Um, if you do have a chance, if you're not on Patreon and you still want to support our show, you can give us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you've watched or drank anything we've covered today, let us know. We love hearing stuff like that. Um, And I think that's all I got. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi, and we will see you next week. But I have to say one thing before we go. This reward that our patrons are getting might be the coolest thing we've ever done, and it's simply just a victim of circumstance that it's it's a thing we can do. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tease this. Nice, 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 nice. But I will tell you that if I wasn't a patron – and I I'd found out after <laughs> I would become one because we're going to be doing this frequently, dude. Yeah, uh, like, since we haven't been able to do events, yeah, and it is the coolest thing we've ever done. So, okay, I don't know if I agree with that. We've done some cool stuff. Remember that one time I did a a keg stand with a tiny little gasoline thing, and there was four loco in it. That was pretty cool. You also took your pants off in my kitchen. Well, that's but people separate. don't know about that no. unless they're in Patreon. It's Patreon so. stuff, man. Anyways, if you've been on the fence, um. Strongly recommend it. We're we're good for your heart, your body, your soul, and your liver. So, well, that being said, we'll see you next week.
is Fresh Hop Cinema.